What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Help More Sell More podcast. I am Jeff Burlingame, joined by my friend Joe Marcu. Joe, hey, how are you? What's going on, Jeff? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I know you're you're like it's a good bad situation for you right now. Like I know you're feeling good, but you're leaving the cabin for the season. Yeah, this is the Whoa. this is the the final. It's the cabin episode. It's the it's the exodus of Lake of the Woods episode. It's unfortunate. Now, one of the things about about where we are right now on Lake of the Woods is the cabin that I'm in. It's a 1960s, you know, it's a classic cabin for back then. However, it is not fully insulated. And so being a, you know, a, a member of the Canadia family, it gets cold up here. So, you know, October 1st, when we get into the October range, we we just shut it down. We blow out all the lines so that we don't have any ice freeze up and whatnot. I will be back fishing However, not spending my time here, which is, you know, it, being in sales, one of the goals that, you, you know, we have as salespeople is, well, what are the things that I want to have? Not only how can I help more so that other people can sell more, what about my own life? So we did buy a property up the way and we are building an actual house so that we could be here 365 because it is paradise. So yeah, yeah. it's a bittersweet. That's the other side of of help more sell more because if you do help more, then you sell more, then you get helped more. So you can do Absolutely. more of the things you want to do. The, the the this idea that sales is evil like is completely wrong. And if you want to be able to get more things in your own life and be able to help your own family, and I'm looking at it long term. I don't have any grandchildren yet. One of my daughters just got married, right? So it's like, I know that that's going to be coming down the pipe. Well, you know what? And I envision that. So if I help more people and I sell more and I make more money, then I can build this dream house and I can, I can visualize this family event and even having, you know, winters here, Christmas and all yeah. of those kinds of things. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. So you just got to help more so we can sell more, man. That's what it's all about. And one of the first times I did a call with you before we dive into the show here, uh, I remember you showing off that vision board. And if you guys haven't done something like this, highly recommend it. There's something that you want, uh, whether it's going on a certain vacation or if it's, in Joe's case, building this actual home on Lake of the Woods in like an amazing, pristine area, like whatever that is. If it's just a new car, if it's just taking your spouse out to dinner, whatever it is. Put it up on a vision board. It's a goal. It's something that you're shooting for. And I think that that ties really well into today's topic, which is when we're trying to help more, one of the things we can help with is helping our prospects understand what their true goal or problem or both is. And this yeah. is funny because this came up in uh, the dojo. If you guys aren't familiar, Joe runs what he calls the sales dojo, the SOS dojo, and we uh, meet every Thursday. I'm a part of one of your groups, right? It's a ton of fun. We role play. We do all sorts of fun stuff. It's a really, really powerful group. Actually, uh, we all get along really it's well. And yeah. Some cool, like emotional things happened yesterday, but we'll save that for another show. Uh, but this came up. It was like, funnily enough, if that's a word, I'm making it a word now. Funnily enough, uh, your prospects often do not know what their real goal problem is. They don't even know why they're talking to you until it comes out through conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The emotional, what's the emotional trigger it's and, and the examples that can come up, you know, in terms of what I think we're about to share is story time. 
We're yeah. about to jump into a story. However, I want to hear yours first. Ooh. What's yeah, what's what's a story where you were talking with someone in your discovery phase, what you might call your rhythm, your burly sales rhythm, where you you were just having the conversation with somebody and being the people that we are, because we're mm -hmm. leading with empathy as opposed to leading with how the hell do I close this guy? When you go in leading with empathy, empathy isn't a sign of weakness, by the way. Empathy is more of curiosity. I want to find out a little bit more about what your situation is. What's your goal? And then you dig deep into that and you find what's the emotional trigger. So as we've always done in every episode, before we dive into some of the technical and the tactical things in terms of how we can help more people in sales, in this case, what would be that story that you could share with us where in that conversation, you ask the appropriate questions and what your prospect originally thought was their goal, you were actually able to find out what the true challenge that they had and you were able to help them with it. Yeah, I, I really love this story time, actually. And uh, I, it, it's tough for me, honestly, because I have like thousands of these stories coming Amen. from the fitness industry, you know, and I know you're going to bring some from other industries as well. But in the fitness industry, when I was working in gyms, I worked as, you know, a personal training director, right? So I would sell personal training to gym members. They would come in, they, they join the gym because they have the initial goal of getting in shape. Like, let me tell you guys the most common things I'll hear, get in shape, lose weight, tone up, feel better. I feel old, I feel fat, whatever. I've heard it all. These are all extremely generic surface level goals, right? There's no way any single individual could have any emotional tie to any of those goals. At the right. end of the day, they mean nothing to anyone. Like they, they have no emotional merit. So if you have a tough day, if you wake up and you're feeling tired and your goal is just to get in shape, I'm using air quotes here for those listening to get in shape, which means nothing. There's no descriptors there. Yeah, it's not a it's not a smart goal. We talked about smart goals a couple episodes back. Uh, specific, measurable, uh, attainable, realistic, and timely. It's not, it doesn't fit that. So you don't have any emotional tie to it. Therefore, you're not motivated by it. Therefore, as soon as you have any obstacle in the way, you just quit. You're not going to yeah. stay accountable to it, and that's the issue. So. Uh, an example for me, uh, I'll think all the way back to one of my first personal training sales. So there was a lady who came in, she was, uh, you know, in her mid forties, right? Has a couple of kids. Uh, she was an elementary school teacher and she wanted to lose weight. She wanted to get in shape. Okay. So I've got these generic goals. Where do I go from here? Well, we'll get into this during the meat of the conversation today, but I kept asking questions and this was like the, the initial uh, or, or beginnings of what I now call like the no sweat intro or what became the discovery phase, something that we help businesses create at Burley Sales. But through that line of questioning and understanding that as you talk to somebody, you peel back these layers. I, I've made the joke before. I know it gets old, but I'll, I'll just keep saying it. Like you always have your sayings, Joe. I got mine. Uh, just like Shrek, Shrek says, <laughs> ogres have layers, right? Just like onions. You got to peel them back. And people have those layers too. So but I would you could be like donkey and say it's like a parfait. <laughs> parfait got too. They got parfaits. Everybody <laughs> loves parfaits. <laughs> All right, oh man, throw me for loop now. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I, I'm asking those questions, and the way this would go 
is I'd say, okay, awesome. So I'd love to help you out. Like, what are some of your goals? And they say, I want to lose weight. I say, great. How much weight? They say, 20 pounds. I say, okay, cool. 20 pounds is a good aggressive goal. Why 20 pounds? And they say, I don't know. Sound like a good round number. I say, okay. So <laughs> is, it, is it the number on the scale that matters to you? Or is it more like how you feel? And what happened with this lady was she said, it's actually more how I feel. Okay. Describe to me how you're feeling right now. Uh, well, I, I feel, uh, out of shape. I don't feel very good. And I'm like, okay, what does not feeling very good mean to you? Well, you know, I get out of breath easy. If I take the groceries up the stairs. Okay. So how does that make you feel? And then we got into more of the psychological side of things. I feel mm -hmm. embarrassed. I've, right. I'm lacking confidence that mm -hmm. I used to have. And then we got into talking about what I used to have. What do you mean? What do you used to have? Well, you know, when I was 25, like I weighed this much, I felt this way, I wore this pant size. Okay. So uh, at this point, how does that make you feel? Well, I feel depressed that I was in this shape before. Now we understand what in shape means. This is what she's picturing as in shape. I go, oh, yeah. okay. So are you telling me that your goal is actually to like match that to get to that point where you were when you were 25? Uh, and she says, well, you know, I, I know that's not realistic, right? This is what everybody says in the gym. Like, I know that's, that's probably not possible. The funny thing is, it kind of is. You could do that. It kind of is. It actually is, for sure. So I was like, okay, what, but. She wants to recapture what she used to yeah. have. Yeah, exactly. So then I was like, how did you feel then? I felt on top of the world. I felt confident. I felt like I could do anything. I would be at a bar. I'd go up and talk to a guy and I wouldn't worry about it. Like, oh, okay. So are you trying to recapture that? Just like Joe just said, are you trying to recapture that feeling, that confidence? And if you were to go to a bar today and you go talk to a guy, I mean, I think she was married. She had kids. But like, if you could just go talk to a person and just feel good about it and not worry about like how you looked or felt, is that what you're trying to get after? And she said, yes. So all of a sudden we found out it wasn't about losing weight. It wasn't even about getting in shape. It was actually about regaining confidence. Yeah. And at that point, and this has happened many times when I've gone through the no sweat intro with people, Niagara Falls, Joe, yeah, uh, started she, yeah. tears, tears started coming. And this is part where, you know, you, you stay empathetic with them. You, uh, your, your understanding of their feelings, um, you're encouraging them to feel that and to embrace that emotion because that's something that could be extremely powerful when it comes to holding yourself accountable to doing what you need to do to get to where you want to go. And once we had that conversation, she knew what she had to do and she signed up for a year of personal training. Right. So, it, I mean, it it just took continuing to push through that conversation, ask those questions. She didn't show up at the gym that day to meet with me to talk about confidence. Right. She showed up at the gym that day to meet with me because she thought she wanted to lose 20 pounds. Turns out it had nothing to do with that. So that's like that aha moment that that we really reach for with uh, with our discovery phase. And that's what all of you guys should be doing as well, because that's what truly helps a person. You help them understand what they actually want and then they can stay motivated and then they can stay hungry for it and then they can pursue it in a much better way than if you just take them on the surface and you say, I want to lose 20 pounds. I can help you do that. Let's go lift yeah. some weights. Right. And, and, and what you've also done when you've been able to really do a great job and you, and you do, by the way, go check out Jeff's yeah. 
early sales page. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you do a great job of discovery, you won't have objections or you will have fewer objections because you've been able to connect with your prospect. And so our belief, both Jeff and I believe that if we lead with empathy, and I want to clarify, empathy is not a sign of weakness. There are people out in the sales training world where for them, it's go for the jugular, go for the kill. It's yep. all about massive amounts of testosterone. And the moment that you lead with empathy or you come in with asking people questions to find out a little bit more about them relationship wise, I mean, you know, that's, they think it's weak and, and I completely disagree. I think that, that now when you, it, it actually takes a significant amount of strength to be able to show emotion, it takes a lot of courage. And case in point, we had, you know, one of the members in the dojo yesterday, he shared something that was, you know, it, it was from the gut. It was from the heart and yep. it was powerful. And absolutely everybody was there to support him. And I, I believe that there's a shift in the way that people that are looking to be able to provide goods, services, coaching, and whatever it is that's going to help people, the approach of the past where it's quick, quick, quick questions and then all of a sudden just go for the clothes go for the clothes go for the clothes mm -hmm. is it's changing and so and here's the story for me um i've worked in the electric bicycle industry for many years after leaving the fitness industry i've i have had the pleasure to visit over 1100 bike shops so i measured that metric so i can tell you i've seen great and i've seen <laughs> bike shops where it's like i can't even believe they're even open Right. Because they have a sales prevention department. It's awful, <laughs> right? So I'm having conversations with different people in all over the world. I've had the pleasure of being in different bike shops. And in the electric bicycle industry, you can get caught up in the what. It's the size of the motor, the price of the bike, the specs, the components, the warranty. That has nothing to do with why Mr. or Mrs. Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Customer are looking for a bike. And, it, and it's very interesting. And so I was talking to a guy and he was looking for an electric bike. And so, of course, I'm going through my process and I have a, a list of questions that I'm going to ask. And it's in between. It's that gap in between those original foundational questions. That's where the, the sale really gets made. I can, you know, so who's the bike for? Who else is going to use it? How are you going to use it? Like these are know surface questions then when i get i find out yeah i'm going to use it for commuting for work okay and then as i keep shooting the breeze with this guy because again we're just getting to know each other so it's like so are you going to ride on the weekends at all are you going to be riding alone or are you going to be riding in a group suddenly i i get to find out that yeah this guy's significant other happens to be a triathlete and she rides man like she rides and it's like really and then I get to find out, you know, I ask a question like, so are there any type of physical challenges, for example, like challenges with ankles, knees, hips, spine, heart or lung? And you know, this guy's in his late 50s and yeah, he's he's had stents put in his heart and he's got a knee issue from way back when. He can't ride with his wife. He can't keep up. So suddenly yeah. it went, I'm looking for a commuter bike to go to work that I, I actually uncovered. He wants an e-bike. Because he feels that he's 
losing his wife because she's out riding and he can't keep up with her anymore. I got I got goose flesh as mm -hmm. I say this to you guys. My I got like my hair is standing on end. And so suddenly this guy is talking to me like we're two dudes, you know, because yeah, this is about watts and horsepower and we're going, you know, like no, it, it ain't about that anymore, right? Yeah. How you know it's suddenly it's hey, I, I need to be able to have a bike where I can ride and mm -hmm. stay in touch with my wife because she's putting hours every week on the saddle and it's a passion of hers. And I just want to be able to do that because now I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm out of touch with her. And there was ideas of a threat of other men that are in these riding groups that she's now talking to and he's hearing about these other men that all the freaking time and he's not there. So it not that fascinating? He's coming in for a product. And yet the reality of it is it was about saving his relationship with his wife. Yeah. Like talk That's about huge. a huge aha moment, guys. And so, you know, you, you get to these places where it's, is it, is it, you know, what's the range? How far will this battery last? It, it, it ain't about that when you dig yeah. deep enough. And leaning into these types of conversations requires skill and it requires practice and this is where getting into in touch with people like jeff where you can learn how do i how do i implant the appropriate deep touching empathetic questions in there so that i and i that i don't turn people off yeah, because that's the other thing you've got to earn the right. I call that ETR. You've got to earn the right to be able to ask these questions, and it comes from a place of authority. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not the authority. Like I've had some people. I've asked people in the bike industry, for example. Hey, so what's the biggest challenge in your industry right now? And I've had people say, oh, "It's all about the product specs. People got to make better bikes." And it's like, no, that's not your <laughs> dude. That you're, you're getting it wrong. Yeah, like there's the hundreds of different kind of products out there. That's it's wrong. Right. The problem is you're not relating. To, it, it, I mean, if you want to, if it's what versus what, spec versus spec, it comes down to price. And mm -hmm. guess what, man, you're gonna you're gonna lose to Amazon or you're gonna lose to an online player who doesn't give a rat's ass about your actual needs. If you're gonna be a brick and mortar business or if you're gonna be a service based business, you got to relate to your clients. Because the, yeah. the, the real question here, Jeff, is what's at risk? I've been asking people this question. What is at risk if you don't make the sale, if you lose a sale? It's not just the amount of money of the product or service that you didn't sell right there. Yeah. What's at risk is no, no reviews, no testimonials, no repeat business, recurring revenue, and no referrals. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars because the, the domino effect of one person can lead to thousands of people for the future. That's what's at risk. Yeah. I mean, it's literally there's a ripple effect there. Right. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't think about when they subscribe to like the Jordan Belforts of the world. And yeah, I want to name them because you made me think about sell me this pen from Wolf of Wall right. Street. And the crazy yeah. thing is, if you guys think about uh, help more, sell more, what we talk about here, right, is we talk about focusing on the big picture, the relationship for this person. It's not about selling them that pen. You're under a microscope at that point. You're missing the bigger opportunity, which is sell them the stationery, 
do they need a new desk? <laughs> like what, right. what does this pen yeah. do for them? If they had the right pen, how would it make them feel? Imagine having, you know, one of those like just pristine, like an ivory like pen and like just the power that you feel when you wield said pen, right? right. Like it's much more than just this item, right? And your your bike guys were falling into that of like, oh, it's just this one bike, right? Well, your point to repeat business to referrals is is huge. Even if you're in a business right now, guys, where you don't have quote unquote like repeat business, where it's like, ah, they buy the one thing and they're not going to really come back, whatever. Referrals are there. Who else do they send to you? Well, if they have an amazing relationship with you and they feel like they've connected, which when you ask people about themselves, it's a really easy way to connect with them and build that relationship because who do people love to talk about the most in the whole wide world? Themselves. <laughs> what is the most beautiful sound in any language? Your name. Yeah. That is what they want to talk about. They are the center of the universe. And I hate to break this to you guys, but you are not. They are the center of the universe. And if you you let that happen and you foster that, the relationship will blossom from there. Guaranteed. Yeah. People yeah. love to talk about themselves. Give me a chance to write an autobiography and I will just be so excited. And that's what happens. So when you have that relationship, though, they trust you. People buy from those they like, know, and trust, right? Yeah. Now, the key, the key, sorry, Jeff, because I'm, I'm, I, I just think it's so important. It's people first, product 100%. second. I mean, if somebody's coming in for that pen, for example, you know what? I would put the pen down. I wouldn't even talk about the pen. I would start asking questions to them first. And it's not about the pen. Or it's, and, it, and, and, you know, it's not about the bike. It wasn't about the bike. For this woman losing 20 pounds, it had nothing to do about losing 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's all about the deeper-seated relationship. And again, we have to earn the right with... You got to go start from the surface. I get it. You got to have your basic concept or template and then dig deep. One of the mm -hmm. biggest things that you can learn is the skill of leaning into these tougher conversations. The end result is you will help these people, whatever their problems are, you will help them. And, it, and, and if you're really going to lead with empathy, you're going to be, if, it's, if, you're, if you don't offer the right solution, then you're going to be able to pro point the way and put them, put them in contact with the right people. And that's another example of, hey, you know what? There's a lot of quote unquote salespeople that will, will sell at all costs. Even, even if my service or product is the wrong one, I'm still going to sell it to you because I'm out to make money. And I look at that as like, it's so short-sighted. Yeah. So, so short -sighted. by the time you guys hear this, it's, it's approaching holiday season. And if you guys don't ever watch Miracle on 34th Street, you should consider doing it. And uh, to Joe's point here, the whole theme of that movie is the Santa Claus sending people away from Macy's to go to like the other stores to buy the toys because either they have the stock of toys for the kids or they have a better price. So he is people first. He is helping more. And therefore, what you find out through the movie is he actually sells more. Macy's yeah. gets all this return business now, referral business. There's a, a scene where a lady says, look, I don't know why you guys are doing this, but all of a sudden I trust you and I'm going to do all my shopping here from now on. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. That, that is such a perfect case in point when you put that person first versus only worrying about your own needs or going into that sale thinking, got to make the sale, got to make the sale and having no concern whatsoever about this person.
that's you the know, problem. And from a business perspective, Jeff, I've I've heard this in a variety of different industries where I'm in the store talking to the, some of the staff and they're saying exactly that. Yeah, dude, I get referrals from my competitors. They're a bunch of idiots. They send people our way. And I'm like, no, they're not idiots. They're helping people. And what's happening yeah. is those people are so appreciative of it that they're saying, hey, you should go there first. Because they'll tell you, they're so bloody honest, they'll tell yeah. you whether or not you should buy from them or somewhere else. I know I, I've, I've had that experience myself where somebody's actually said, you know what, we actually don't carry exactly what you're looking for. You should go over there. I go back to this per first place because I wasn't yeah. hose bagged, right? It just makes yeah. a huge difference because trust. Yeah, that is, that is exactly it. So... Here's the deal, you guys. Uh, I, I, I want to I want to take this another level to have you big action step here. Look into your own sales process, right? So number one takeaway right now is: Are you asking enough questions? Are you focusing on the person? Are you putting people first? And having that goal of fostering that relationship of creating a, this bridge of trust between you and that person because that'll pay off tenfold that is mainly what we're saying you got to ask those questions and don't don't short sell yourself either and just be like hey can i help you no how can oh i help God. you no better yet what were you hoping we could do for you today and then dig deeper and keep asking questions if you're not spending more than 10 to 15 minutes as just asking questions in this discovery phase of your sales process and mind you it doesn't matter what industry you in you're in it doesn't matter where you're working right now you should have a discovery phase you should ask questions i don't care if 100%. you sell at best buy like and we've used that example before actually but we don't care what you sell where you sell it you need to ask more questions spend more time asking questions and trust me People will talk about themselves until they're blue in the face. You don't have to worry about them. Just ease into the conversation. Like Joe said, you got to earn that right, ETR, earn the right to have those like deeper, more invasive questions. They kind of come later on, right? And I'm, um, I'm going to share with you guys a tip that I, I, I share in the dojo. And it's called, you, know, you guys are probably familiar with TED Talks, T-E-D, right? TED stands for, those TED Talks stands for technology, entertainment, and design. And Ted's been around since 1988. In the dojo, we call we have a method that's called the SOS TED method. And this is a, taking what Jeff teaches. If you really want to, and this is the tip, all right? TED for you stands for tell me, explain to me, describe to me. Just think of TED. Tell me, explain, describe. If you don't even have a sales template, which you should, if you don't even have that and you get to the basics of, of, of a high level like question and you're not digging deep, once you get through these high level questions, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Explain to me what that feels like. Describe to me what, what, what the outcome would be. And you get to, and you don't have to go tell me, explain, describe. You could go, you could say, tell me, describe, explain. You can mix up the, the acronym. The whole point, guys, is that. If you're listening to the concept of TED, you could have zero template, use TED, I promise you'll get to dig deep and you'll be able to get to the heart of the matter so that you can help more people. 100%. And then when you get to those lower levels where we're digging deep and we're being more invasive, the questions shift, right? And they change to questions like, how does that make you feel? 
Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. How does that impact your life? And you got to earn the right to get there. You have to earn that right, right? Like you can't be like, hey, what are you hoping we could do for you? And then they say, well, I was, you know, hoping we could lose some weight. Oh, okay. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Yeah. If you went in way too quick going like that, people are like, who are you, Dr. Phil? Get out of here. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. You got to earn the right. You can't do that, you guys, right? But that's that's exactly what we're saying. So initially, you're just saying, oh, could you you know explain that a little bit more? Could you tell me more about that? Could you describe that to me? Uh, 100%. Peel away the layers of the onion. Just work through that, right? So <laughs> peel back those layers, get a little bit deeper as you connect. And, and, and really, it, it is kind of a speed dating thing. I've made that reference before, but like it takes five 10 minutes until you're at a point where they're warmed up enough, right? We're kind of, we're boiling that frog. We're turning that temperature up just a little bit at a time, right? And then they warm up to you. And then, then, and trust me, you can sense this. You can feel it in the room. It's palpable, but you can sense this. And then you can go in for the, and how does that make you feel? Right. And that's exactly what I did with my example. Um, That's what you did with your example. It's like you eventually uncovered, oh, he feels like he's falling behind uh, his wife because he's not able to keep up with her. Like you didn't start out with like, oh, how does this affect your relationship? No, (laughs) he opened up to you about that. And it's because you kept asking questions. So here's the other big takeaway I want for you guys today. I'm going to give you a little process here, right? In order to uncover the real goal or problem, you need to ask questions. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. In order to ask questions, and this may seem obvious, but hang with me here, you need to talk to a person. In order to talk to a person, because you can't sell to an empty chair, you need to contact that person. You need to call them, right? And use your voice. Don't text. Don't email. Automations are nonsense. So here's the big ask for you and your sales process. Why? If you're doing this, if you're guilty, you just have to admit it. Why are you still sending automated emails or creating barriers through doing things like posting your prices on your website? That's the big ask. I want you to look at your business, look at your sales process and understand from the perspective of your prospects what that looks like. If you post your prices on your website, now hear me out, because this is the excuse I always hear from people. Oh, I post my prices because I only want to talk to people who are qualified to buy from me. Well, here's the problem. They don't even know what they want. So why would you think, why would you think for one second that they could qualify themselves? They are not qualified to qualify. That's your job. Your job. And if you're in sales, which everybody is, we say this every episode then you are in the business of people. And if you're in the business of people, it's your job to talk to people. So why are you avoiding it? And this is what I ask owners all the time when I work with them uh, with Two Brain. This is what I ask people who work with me at Burley Sales. It's like, I see your prices are on your website. I know why you put them there. And I need you to take them down (laughs) because you are avoiding so many potentially amazing conversations, connections, relationships that you could develop with other people just because you think you're projecting here that they are not qualified to speak to you? Did you put up a red rope around yourself and like you're just in the VIP club and you're not inviting them in? Why? On what grounds? Do you want to be able to make more money? Like, let's just ask that question. How many of you want to be able to, as, as a listener, would you like to be able to make more money? 
right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, okay, I want to help more people. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing selfish by saying, yeah, I'd like to be able to have more money in my life. Okay. Well, if that's the case, sure. remove the price from your website. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to be able to raise your price, how you do that is you add more value. So the question I have, for example, to the examples that both Jeff and I gave today, what is, what is it worth for her to have more confidence in her life? It's not about losing 20 pounds. What is it worth for my example, for, for the gentleman that I was speaking with, what's it worth for him to be able to have a closer connection to his wife? It ain't $1,997 or $3,000 or $4,000. It's effing priceless. Infinity dollars. <laughs> there is no price on that. And that's exactly it. And without speaking to these people that we spoke to, how could we have ever gotten there? Yeah. I sold my person a high-level personal training package. You sold your person a high-ticket e-bike. Like yeah. this would not have happened, let alone any sale, but probably no high ticket sales if we didn't take the time to have the conversation, ask the questions. And here's the thing, you guys, when you post your prices, not only are you creating an unnecessary barrier that is disqualifying qualified people, right? You are actually making yourself a commodity because yeah. I'll give you a gym perspective here. From the gym perspective, if I as a gym post my prices, then the gym next to me posts their prices. If their price is lower, where do you think a customer is going to go? Yeah. They're going to base resistance. Yeah. You've created no context of value. So a person looking at a gym, and I, I came from the CrossFit world, right? Let's just call them micro gyms, boutique, boutique gyms, whatever you want to call them. They are more expensive by like 5X minimum. Yeah. compared to the planet fitness or the 24 hour gym. So when we posted our prices, it would say 150 bucks a month compared to $20 a month, no contract at planet fitness. There's no context, no reason, no rhyme or idea why we're 150 versus this one's 20 bucks in the eyes of the consumer. A gym is a gym is a gym. So <laughs> why would I yeah create an unnecessary barrier that also removes my potential to have a conversation with a person that I have to have to help them understand why I'm 150 bucks. Yeah. I'm ruining my opportunity. I'm a commodity now. You can't do yeah. that. You just it, can't. Do it's it. not like people are walking into the supermarket looking for a loaf of bread. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. I mean, and, and, and for those people that are listening to this, you're, you're likely offering something of high value. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what we want you to do. We want you to be able to, in fact, uh, many people, and as you're, you're aware, Jeff, you've seen this firsthand in the dojo. There's a lot of people that when they first come in, we encourage them to start raising their prices. Yep. And what's interesting is over time, they, they do raise their price and they increase their volume. So where everybody goes, oh, well, if I raise my price, I'm going to have, I'm going to have less business. And it's like, no, as a matter of fact, when you get to a place where you understand what Jeff and I are talking about today and really getting in touch to the heart of the matter, not mm -hmm. only can you raise your price, you will see an increase in volume of work. So now you're making that much more money because you're having that much more of an impact. Yep. hundred percent. So you know what, you guys, hopefully this was helpful. There was a couple of just really important action steps here, but mostly what it comes down to 
is we want you to review your sales process. Look at your website. Consider taking down prices and, and just demolishing these barriers that are unnecessary and embracing the idea that as a salesperson or a, a business owner, you are in the business of people. You yeah. got to talk to people. So don't avoid it. Go after them. Talk to them. And not through an automated uh, message, not through an email, not through a text. Call them. Reach out to them. Get them in front of you, whether it's on Zoom or it's in person. That is the best place to have the conversation. You have to have that opportunity. Give yourself the chance and, and that leg up in this, uh, in, in this sales appointment of using voice inflection and tone and body language. That helps with your communication, and it's the fastest way to build that bridge of trust. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, in my career, Jeff, having visited so many different types of businesses and retailers and coaches and whatnot, I could literally write a book that says your follow-up sucks. <laughs> that could be the name of the book yeah. because people rely on an email or mm -hmm. a text or social media posts, and you're... I'm not suggesting that those aren't great tools. Yeah, they're tools. Nothing beats the tone of voice is 38% of the way that you communicate versus 7% words. 55% of the way we communicate is your is body language. So we're talking, get in touch with people, look at them, talk with them, have conversations, let them see your face. And so that you can also look at them. Yeah, You could feel reactions. You're so yeah. right, Jeff. You got to get in touch with people. I mean, at the end of the day, empathy does not come through in your texts. How many times yeah. have you guys had a personal experience or a horror story where you sent a text and it was misinterpreted because oh there is no tone? Yeah, <laughs> all the time. So why would you do that? Just just imagine it this way: zero to a hundred. Your words are seven out of a hundred. If you got a seven out of one hundred on a test, how would you feel? <laughs> Well, bad. yeah. The, uh, the question is, if you if you were going to Vegas and you had a game that could could be, you know, that your chances of winning are seven out of a hundred, or you get to a game where you your chances of winning are ninety three percent out of a hundred. Which one? Home, you playing? Body language. I tell you what. I know what I'm playing. Yep. I know what I'm doing. Hundred percent, man. All right, you guys. That is the deal. Go after it. Go look at your sales processes and make sure that you are tearing down these barriers, that you're asking lots and lots of questions, that you are helping by uncovering the true goal or the true problem or both from your prospects. We appreciate Love you guys it. listening. Again, this is the Help More, Sell More podcast. I'm Jeff Burlingame. This is Joe Marcoux. You can find us at Burley Sales or SOSDojo.com and you can follow us both on social media. I'm at Burley Sales. You are at the Joe Marcoux. Is it the real that Joe Marcoux? Yeah, the, the, the Joe Marcu. Yeah, at the Joe Marcu. I remember I tried to tag you in the first couple of posts, and I was like, "Joe Marcu, Joe Marcu, where is he?" Oh, it's I the know. there's some dude out there who's never even on his damn social media, and he like it's like they think I yeah he stole my name. It's all right. 
It's okay. You guys add the Joe Marku and go ahead and follow him. And of course, go join our free Facebook group where we contribute uh, more content for you guys as well to digest and, inter- and in turn take action on within your business. And that is the Help More, Sell More group on Facebook. All you got to do is answer a couple questions, jump on into that. But again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week. We drop episodes weekly. So stay tuned for more and we will talk to you soon. Hey, guys.